Genesis chapter 25 and I will read from verse 29 onwards. I will take you to the Hebrews in a few minutes, but we're going to start with Genesis 25 from verse 29 onwards as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, and will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 onwards. Now Jacob cooked this too, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me a birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I'm going to read this again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Genesis 25, verse 29 onwards. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same bread stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me a birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. 
I want to highlight a few things here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. And I pray that the Spirit of God will drive this word deep into your spirits so that you don't do what Esau did. And if you had done such a thing, you've lost something that cannot be gotten back. You need to make sure you don't repeat that ever again and lose anymore. Jacob cooked the stew. Esau came in from the field and he was weary. Jacob had food for the stomach. Esau had something far superior to what Jacob had. There's a trade-off that is happening here that should not have happened if Esau had not despised that which was given to him by God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. That which God gives into our hands, when it's given by God, it's valuable, it's precious, priceless, and it's for something that will last forever. It's profitable for this life and in the life to come. Esau, by birth, had this great privilege of inheriting this birthright. The Spirit of God has spoken quite a few messages from this very same scripture portion. You can go back to the recordings and hear so that you can be blessed even more. Esau had something priceless, birthright. What kind of a birthright was it? What kind of an inheritance was it? It came from his father, Isaac. It came from his grandfather, Abraham. It came from the hands of God Almighty who made his covenant with his grandfather and his father, who went through severe testing, and also his grandfather, who was God's friend, who walked with God, who lived looking for an eternal home. He moved from place to place because of the promise that God gave. And this birthright is so priceless, so precious. It didn't just come without a cost. 
It is important for us to value the investment that God is making in the lives of every single person. Yes, Esau got the birthright. But the birthright carries something eternal. There was this Abraham, his grandfather, who left his birthplace, who left his people, who left everything he knew, took his wife, his servants, the animals. And he walked from place to place because God told him, every place that you set foot, Abraham, I will give it to you. And he was a man of faith and so he walked. He was not walking as a wanderer. Abraham was not a nomad. He was a person who walked by faith knowing that this place I'm setting for today, this will be mine. That place God is telling me to set for tomorrow, that will be mine. He was not walking aimlessly. He was walking intentionally, purposefully, with faith in his heart because God had promised him a big place. So he walked. He walked by faith. He saw the fulfillment of his promise, the beginning of the fulfillment of his promise, I should say. Part of the promise was Isaac. Isaac was not the whole promise. Part of the promise was Isaac, and in Isaac, you see, it shall become like the stars of the sky and sand of the shore, was the other part. And within that promise was, whoever blesses you, bless them, and whoever curses you. God will, God's curse will come upon them. I'll bless you and I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. It's all part of the promise of God. And Abraham believed that and he walked. And he did his part to inherit that. And from there, this inheritance is coming. Someone did the work. He took his son all the way to Mount Moriah because God told him to. By this I know, Abraham, that you fear me and there. The ultimate test came to an end, culminating into something glorious. Height of everything. All the tests put together. Final examination. Before heaven and hell was completed successfully by his grandfather. It's been handed over to Isaac, Isaac and Abraham. Both of them were on Mount Moriah. You see, Esau's father and his grandfather, both of them were there. On that mountain, each played a significant part there. One had to slay and the other one was going to be slain. Both of them obeyed the Lord. No one was slain. Instead, they received a great inheritance from God Almighty. I was just being handed over to Esau. 
the birthright is coming because of the faith and the faithfulness of his grandfather, the faith and faithfulness of his father. It's been given over to him. And what did Esau do with that? He despised it. What did he do with that? He despised it. How did he despise it? He went after a temporal means that would satisfy his temporary needs, which is his stomach. So he ran after the food and he traded something that was given by God to his father and grandfather who worked so hard for it. He just threw that away. What a faithless, foolish man he was. Sometimes you can read the story and you can think, oh, poor Esau. Now why Esau lost everything? Because he opened the door big time here by throwing away his birthright. And so later on, when the blessing that was attached to his birthright was taken away, he cried and cried and cried. It did not come back to him. There's no way of it coming back to him. Because the blessing that his father was going to bless him with was a blessing that was attached to the firstborn. But what did he do? He gave that birthright away. But what his eyes saw, what his nose smelled, what his stomach craved for. God is speaking at this hour. Don't be a fool. To throw away eternal life. Don't be a fool to throw away the spiritual blessings that God has for you. Don't be a fool to throw away the glorious life that God has for you in Christ Jesus. Because there will come a time when you will cry and you will not be able to get it back. There will come a time. There will come a time when you will cry. You will not be able to get it back. Never think that. I'll have another chance. You won't. Don't sell your birthright. Which Christ suffered on the cross. And God for you. Don't sell your birthright. But Jesus Christ suffered and God for you. Oh yeah? can look like it easily came to you, but someone paid the price. Someone paid the price. It's not free. It's not free. Someone paid the price. Someone paid the price. Someone has to pay the price. Jesus paid the price and he gave it to you. Make sure you don't despise it. Don't despise anything that God gives to you. Don't despise it. Because when you despise it, God will take it away. And he'll give it to someone 
will treasure it. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. What did he do? He said, my temporary needs are greater than this and what is this going to be after all? What is this going to do to me after all? He despised that which God gave to him. There's a reason why he was the firstborn. But God also saw how Esau would turn out to be. God is speaking to our hearts today. Don't squander that which God has given to you. Don't despise that which God has given to you. Because there will come a day when you will cry. You'll cry for it. But you won't be able to get it. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 12. And I will read from verse 16. I will start from verse 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who, for one morsel of food, sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Two words are very important here. Last verse, diligently with tears. Diligently. And with tears he sought, but there's no way of getting it back. No way of getting it back. God says here, verse 14, let's go back, one more scripture, one more verse. Hebrews 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace with all people in holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Someone can say, well, I'm not watching this, I'm not hearing this, and I read my Bible, I pray every day, and I do this, and I fast, you know, twice a week, or three times a week, or ten times a week. They can say all they want to say. But if they are not peaceful, something is very wrong with the picture. If you're really seeking God, if you're really reading God's word, and if you're really in the presence of God, you will become a peaceful person. If you're pursuing Jesus, you're pursuing peace. He is the Prince of Peace. His peace will flow into you and out of you to those around you. Pursue peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God or the children of God, if the peace is not there, if you're not being a peaceful person, 
You're not able to live peaceably with those around you, beginning with your family members. Something is wrong with that picture there. God's peace must flow into you. Satan is the author of confusion. Satan doesn't want peace. When Satan enters a home, the first thing he will do is bring dissension and discord. But when God's people walk with him, peace is a byproduct that people witness within that person and around that person. Peace of God. It will be manifested during turbulent times. Pursue peace. What are you supposed to do? Pursue it. That means, no matter what kind of chaos is around you, you be the person who will go after making peace and bringing peace to your situation. Through God, by being with God, not by compromising, lying and manipulating. No, Lucifer does that. Satan does that, not God. But those who are truly walking with God will have true humility, true patience, true endurance, true grace, true love, which will bring about true peace. And holiness, without which, no one will see the Lord. See, if you have bitterness in your heart, and if you have no peace, you're defiling yourself. Root of bitterness corrupts a person. You never say, I'm tithing and I'm giving and I'm doing, I'm serving, or I am um, reading and praying and fasting and all kinds of things, evangelizing and giving out tracts and all these things. But you have bitterness. If you have bitterness in your heart, it will keep you from entering into heaven. Let me repeat this as the Holy Spirit wants me to. The root of bitterness It's a demonic root. It's not the root of Christ. It's the root of Lucifer. That root of bitterness springs up and grows within a person. That root of bitterness will defile a person and will disqualify a person from entering into the kingdom of heaven. There are many Christians who don't talk to other Christians, their own family members. They hold grudges and they say, till I die, I will not see this person's face. Well, they can't see God's face when they die. I'm never going to talk to this person. I can never forgive this person. I can never see this person. Very scary. That'll be a life of deception and delusion if they think that they're going to go to heaven because they're singing hallelujah or praying night and day or fasting their entire lives. 
that root of bitterness will grow along with that. That white serpent spirit will grow. It's an evil spirit. Self-righteous spirit, a spirit of delusion will grow. She'll make them think that they are super spiritual and super saints than the rest of the people and despise others. They'll try to do all kinds of things and everything will become a show where God will not be in it. Jesus said this, if you have something against someone, don't even bring your offering to me. Put that down. Fix that. Go. Apologize. Forgive. Seek forgiveness. Do whatever you have to do. Then come back. He didn't say, okay, you don't have to give offering. Oh, you have root of bitterness. You don't give offering and just sit at home. Don't go to church. No. You need to come back. You need to give to God. But before that, make things right. Without that, it will not be acceptable because it will be defiled. Your offering will be defiled. So what is God saying? God says, I want you. You're more important. Then what you give out of your heart becomes precious to God. God is not after your things. God is looking to save your soul. God is not after your money. He's looking to save your soul. God needs no help from you. He's all sufficient. He's looking to save your soul. The root of bitterness is there. You will not enter into heaven. I don't care who says what. There's what the Spirit of God is saying. You will not enter into heaven. That's how serious bitterness is. That's how serious envy is. That's how serious evil speaking and wickedness is. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many become defiled, disqualified. God is speaking of this hour. The grace of God has come. The birthright has come. Don't treat it cheaply. Be careful. Otherwise you'll fall short of the grace of God. Be careful. Don't let any root of bitterness spring up and make you defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who, for one morsel of food, sold his birthright. Think about it. How foolish will someone be? They say, I'm so hungry. You take my house. Just give me food now. You look at it, you think that, is he out of his mind? To do something like that? Yet people do this every when it comes to your soul when it comes to your soul there are a lot of foolish people who do that and there are a lot of foolish people who don't even have eyes to see the foolishness around them they sell their souls to Satan they sell their bodies to Satan they sell their spirits to Satan God help us not to be foolish Esau 
being a fornicator, profane person, like Esau. If you're in any kind of sin, presumptuous sin, sexual sin, be very careful. Don't treat the salvation that Christ has given lightly. Don't despise it. There are a lot of people in hell crying today. They can't come out. They can't come out. They can't come out. Hell is the place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Satan gets satisfaction out of seeing people suffer in hell. Don't give him the joy of dragging you there. Don't be a fool. You're placing yourself in a place of misery. Putting yourself in a trap where you cannot come out. God is speaking at this hour. You see, look at Esau. Look at Esau. What did Esau do? For one morsel of food, he sold his birthright for the temporary benefit. He sold his birthright. Verse 17. Once you sell the birthright, it's over. Afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he couldn't get it. He rejected the birthright. Now, whatever blessing was attached to the birthright rejected him. There's no place. Once you sell it, it's gone out of your hands. You don't own it. It's not yours anymore. Even though he really cried and he was so diligent, I really want it now. Do you know what? It's over. It's over. Don't wait until it's over. God is speaking at this hour. Don't toy with sin. Don't gamble with your soul. Whatever God has given into your hands, be faithful. Don't be lazy. Don't be full of excuses. Certain things, they go, they are gone for good. You've heard this many times in our church through me. You will hear it again and again. Every time the Spirit of God brings it, you will hear it from me every single time. The Garden of Eden given to Adam and Eve was gone for good. Gone for good. They turned against the living God defiled the garden. They were sent out. Yes, they were forgiven. Yes, the glory was gone. I mean, instead of the glory of God, they had to wear animal skin to cover themselves. Yeah. You call that the mercy of God. What was taken out of their hands was taken out. You think they got it back again? No. No. Because what they did 
so evil. They give it away to Satan. What do they give? Their right to be there in that garden, to take of the garden, to tend that garden, to enjoy that garden, to be blessed by the garden. They gave that away to Satan. Satan took that away from them. Robbed it. Steal, kill, and destroy is Lucifer's goal. You let him do it to you. He will do it to the maximum. You see here, he was rejected. Why? Because Esau rejected the birthright. For what? For one morsel of food? One morsel of food? Judas became money hungry. Let Satan enter into his heart. And he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Got it in his hands. Blood money. He was given an eternal position. What was his right? Birthright. What Jesus gave him. Sacrificially by leaving heaven and coming to earth to make him an apostle. What did Judas do? He despised it. Even though he saw five loaves, two fish multiply. Jesus never left him hungry. Jesus never left him with no food or clothing. He had everything he needed. Greed took over him. Greed took over him. He said, do you want to kill Jesus? Do it. Give me 30 pieces of silver. The sad part is, they didn't even come to him. He went to them. That's what Satan will do. That's what Satan will turn a person into. The person would let him to. Without giving the keys to Satan, Satan cannot do anything to you. But if you give the keys to Satan and say, yeah, rob me, kill me, destroy me. Here you go. I give you my keys. He will make sure. He'll disfigure you to the point that you become un- Recognizable, there's a prophecy. God is speaking at this hour. Be very careful. Be very careful. Don't befriend Lucifer. Don't let Lucifer befriend you. There's nothing good in darkness. There's nothing good about Darkness. It's important to be careful. Lest any root of bitterness bringing up cause trouble. By this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator, a profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. Yeah, a pencil, highlighter, marker. Underline the word sold. If you're writing in a journal, say, don't sell your birthright. Don't be a fool. Don't sell your birthright. Judas was a fool. 
after he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Think about it. I can even do something like that. Get people do that every day. They do that every single day. They're doing what Judas did every single day. Kiss Jesus with a Judas kiss. Oh, I worship you, almighty God. I love you with all my heart. All kinds of words. In the meantime, in the dark, they're getting 30 pieces of silver from Lucifer. They're betraying Jesus by their actions. You think the few pennies that he's giving you is going to satisfy you? You think that what Satan is offering you is going to satisfy you? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. When he got it, he got it in a sense. After that, what happened? After that, what happened? He cried. Oh, I've betrayed the innocent blood. And he abhorred that money. He didn't want anything to do with that money. He wanted a way out. There was no way out. How can you have a way out when you get into a trap which doesn't have an exit? Satan's plan is to trap you and once he traps you, there's no way out. Remember that. Don't willingly put your head under Satan's guillotine and look for mercy from Lucifer. It won't happen. It won't happen. It won't happen. So you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. You know? When you miss your seat and someone else takes it, no matter how hard you try, you can't get it. It's gone. When you miss the parking spot in a crowded place, you just missed it because you thought, let me go and get something else and come. Nobody's going to take that and then it's gone. Now you desperately need that. You're not able to find it. Now why? Because it's gone. Those things are temporary. At least you can somehow do something, go somewhere. But eternal things are not like that. It's not like that. Once you lose it, certain things are gone for good. Are irreversible, irreplaceable. Irreversible, irreplaceable. I want to say it again. There are certain blessings, certain things that God gives. When you despise it, it's irreversible, irreplaceable. Your soul is too costly, too precious. I'm going to take you back to Genesis 25. Let's just go back there. Having read Hebrews 12, let's just go back to Genesis 25. I'm going to finish in a few minutes. And let's go back to 
Verse 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. What happened to him? It was his physical exhaustion, physical tiredness. Physically, he was weary. Be very careful when you're physically weary. Many times Satan will come to rob, take things from you when you're physically weary. One big way in which the enemy takes people down is to get them physically, emotionally, mentally depleted. You can lose that, that battle very quickly. If you are physically, mentally, emotionally depleted. Satan looks for ways to get people physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally depleted. There has to be a base for the for the enemy to land. There has to be something. There has to be something. He was physically weary. But being physically weary should not be an open door for anyone to lose something that's eternal. If a person is spiritually strong, And if a person is mentally strong, mental strength and emotional strength, they go hand in hand with spiritual strength. If you're spiritually strong, mentally you'll be strong. Emotionally you'll be strong. If you're spiritually weak, emotionally and mentally you will be weak. If you are so tired, physically, but spiritually, you are on point with God. And no physical exhaustion can bring a person down. The enemy will try. But the reserve is full. Emotionally, mentally, The strength is being drawn from the Spirit of God. The Spirit man is strong. They're being connected with the Spirit of God. So on a continual basis, there's a drawing that is taking place from the storehouse, which is full from being connected with God. But when that physical Attack happens where the enemy hits a person physically, mentally and emotionally. And that person is spiritually weak because they have not made God their priority, which means they have not received that which they needed from God, strength. 
then what happens? What happened with Esau happens to such people. You can't tell a blind person to look for danger and be careful. You can't tell a deaf person to, you can't, cannot tell a deaf person to hear for danger and be safe. When the alarm rings, you can say that to a deaf person. When the light flashes, you can say that to a blind person. You see that yellow light flashing? That means it's one. You cannot say that. When you hear the fire alarm ring, you can say that to a deaf person. You can't. To a lame person, you can't say, Oh, when you hear that alarm, just run through the exit. You can't. They can't run. They can't walk. They can't. So a person who is spiritually weak, a person who is not wise enough to get what they need for their spirit man to be strengthened so that and the enemy attacks, they won't be blind, deaf, and lame. But they will know what to do immediately. It's important for every believer to know. How can you keep yourself from the trap that Esau fell into? How can you? Jesus said, he looked at Peter who fell. Before he fell, he told us. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Your spirit is willing but your flesh is weak. Willing doesn't mean he's strong. It's a willing spirit, but a weak spirit. Get yourself strengthened so that the spirit of God can strengthen your spirit, man. So that your spirit can drag your flesh up. When you have to run, you'll have the capacity to run. But if you're a person who has a willing spirit, but a weak spirit, You're in for disaster. You're in for a disaster. Those are the people who constantly complain. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm burned out. I'm not ready and I can't do... Why not? You have to ask yourself this question. What's wrong with you? It's a good question, by the way. What's wrong with you? Why can't you put God first? Why can't you just put God first? Why can't you give your spirit man the food that he or she needs? Everything else becomes emergency for many people. Everything else becomes high priority for many people. Let their spirit man starve. Let their soul starve. They'll run to make a paycheck. They'll run to feed the kids. They'll run to do this, run to do that. Run to take care of their bodies. Run to take care of their kids' bodies. Run to take care of their parents. Run to take care of whatever. At the expense of your soul. May God have mercy. There'll be one foolish person running around. You know... There are people who run around with 
their gas tanks almost empty, thinking that they'll still make it. They stop somewhere in a place where you can't get anything. And they sit regretting how dumb I was. I should have filled the tank. Well, you thought to save 10 minutes and now you keep sitting for another two hours. God is speaking at this hour. Don't think you're smart by cutting short on your time with God when your spirit man and your soul should be fed. Don't think that you're smart by cutting that time. Oh, I can manage. I can somehow manage. I can somehow do this. You'll become a weak person and Satan will look for the opportune time to hit your body. To hit you. Suddenly. And at that time, if your spirit man is not strong, you will come crashing down like Esau did. You'll say, oh, I need this. I need this now. I need this now. And you will sell your Jesus to whatever Satan will offer you. The Jewish priests, the Pharisees, they offered Judas 30 pieces of silver. Jacob offered Esau his tooth. Lucifer, the evil serpent, offered wisdom to Eve. What happened with all the offers? What happened? What happened? What happened to all the offers? It was so tasty. When Eve ate that fruit, the Bible says stolen water is sweet, says the thief. It's not actually sweet, but it tastes sweet to the thief. So the fruit that was forbidden when she ate, it tasted really sweet. He called the delusion. Then she gave it to her husband also. What happened? Did they become wise? Did Satan speak the truth? Can he speak the truth? The father of lies. Has he ever spoken the truth? The father of lies. Can he ever give you rest? Can a thief give you rest? Can a thief give you true prosperity? Can a murderer give you good health? Can a destroyer see you prosper? The enemy of your soul, will he give you joy? Is there anything good from the dark world? Oh, The Pharisees offered 30 pieces of silver in exchange for the life of Jesus, which is in exchange for the call of God upon Judas's life. Be very careful. Don't trade the call of God for convenience, for money, for comfort. For whatever it may be, 
For Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. For Esau, it was a morsel of bread or stew. For Adam and Eve, it was wisdom. None of them got anything that was promised. While they all ate it, it all felt really good. Until it came upon their heads like a millstone would fall. That's deception. That's what you call delusion. Be very careful of the enemy. Be very careful of his wicked schemes. Be someone who will not despise that which God has given to you. The time that God has given. In his presence, the word that God has given, from his presence, don't despise it. The work that God gives, don't despise it. The call that God has given, don't despise it. The eternal life that God has given, don't despise it. The holiness that God has given, don't despise it. The peace that God has given, don't despise it. It's when you don't despise it, you will freely treasure it. When you treasure it, you will keep it. You won't trade it for anything. When Esau was so exhausted, oh, he became hungry. See how Satan worked? Not only his body was tired, now his stomach is screaming, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I have to eat. He felt as if he was going to die. Are you going to die without eating? One meal? Think about it. You feel you're going to die without eating. One meal. And you say, take my house. Take my wife. Take my kids. Take my soul. What a fool you'll be. What a fool you'll be. Yet you do for your soul. Every single day. Oh, I'm so tired. So you're going to starve your soul to death. Oh, my body is hurting. I can't do this. There's some people just trade everything. Whatever pressure Satan brings to you, don't yield to that. In order for you not to yield to those demonic pressures, you must be someone who values the presence of God, who receives from God, and who puts that to good use. If your spirit man is strong, then even if your body is exhausted, even if you feel physically depleted, you won't be spiritually blind, deaf, and lame. You'll be able to see, hear, and run out of trouble. Save yourself and that which God has given to you. And inherit every blessing that God has for you. But you won't become a loser like Esau. 
You won't be one among those to cry after everything is gone, but not able to get back. God is speaking to your hearts today. This is a very deep message. That the Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. Take it very seriously. If you want to be a good mother, a good father, a good sister, a good daughter, a good granddaughter, a good grandson, or a good son, or a good whatever, where you want to have mental sanity, emotional sanity, and spiritual ability to make the right choices and not be a loser. You need the strength of God. You need the wisdom of God. You need God, period. Esau didn't have that. Esau did not have that. He was outside all the time, hunting and hunting and hunting and outside. The cares of the world will choke the life out of you. The pleasures of sin and the riches of this world, they all will come and choke the life out of you. If you are a weakling in your spirit, man, then you will fall. Easily fall from every wind that comes your way. God wants you not to fall. God wants you to stand strong and stand tall. The Spirit of God says you need to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and legs you can run, hands that can handle the sword skillfully. But how can you if you neglect the presence of God? How can you if you neglect the Word of God? How can you if you neglect the commandments of God? How can you if you neglect God himself. Not by your words. You can have all the right words. But by your actions. But by your actions. Don't nullify the word of God by your actions in your life. His word is forever settled in the heavens. But in your life, you can nullify the word of God, the promises of God, the prophecies that God has given. You can just make that all zero in your life. By your actions. Faith without works is dead. Make sure you have that which it takes to inherit all that God has for you so that you can be a winner and not a loser. So you can have tears of joy and not tears of regret so that you can See God. Not only when you get to heaven, but right here on earth. So that others can see the living Christ in you and through you. Not after you're dead, but while you're on earth. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this word that you gave from heaven, from the mouth of God, 
through the mouth of your servant to the ears of your people. Our God has spoken. I pray may your people be keen on guarding their souls. May they be keen on pursuing you. May they be keen on protecting their minds, their hearts, their spirits, with all diligence. Father, may this word that you have given to your people germinate, grow, bear fruit, bring great joy to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let no one despise that which you've given to them, the great salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, the call of God, the work of God, this house of God, the servants of God, the prophecies that you've given, the songs that you've given, so much you've given. We take all of it in, Father, and become strong, Father, in you. When the enemy attacks their bodies, when he attacks them emotionally, when he attacks them mentally, when he attacks them spiritually, they may be as bold as a lion. They may bring every giant down through the power of your might. That they may be valiant soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let no one be like Esau or become like Esau, Father. Protect your people, Lord. Protect your people, Father. Protect your people, Father. Protect your people, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your people. Strengthen your people. Strengthen your people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me be loyal to you. Faithful and true to you. Set apart unto you. Holy, devoted to you. Let me bring joy to you. Let me be found by you. Found by you, Lord. The eyes of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. When the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro, looking to see who has, whose hearts are loyal towards Him. Let me bring joy to you. Let me be found by you, found by you, Lord. 
the eyes of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. Oh, let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. Make this your prayer today. Tell the Lord, Lord, let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. When your eyes go to and fro, looking to see whose hearts are loyal towards you, and who will not sell you for whatever Satan may offer, that they are loyal to you, loyal to that which you're given is their hands, that they will not throw that away, that they will not despise it, that our church people be found by you, Jesus. Let our church people be found by you, Jesus. May they bring joy to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let no one have eternal sorrow. Let no one have eternal pain. Let no one have eternal regrets. Let no one get to a place where they cannot get out, even they cry. So I pray, Spirit of the living God, that you'll bless your people this night. That this word may sink deep into their spirits, Lord. Bless them. As you want to bless them and you are here. Every single one. Place themselves, position themselves by faith. So that you can bless them, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As your servant standing in the presence of God. Before the throne of God. According to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God. I bless your people. On this 13th day. This month of February. With all your blessings that you alone can bless them with. That they may stand upright before you. Faithful and true to you. Without any root of bitterness. With holiness unto the Lord. May they bring joy to you. They may hold on to their birthright. The call of God that God has given to them in Christ Jesus. That they may run their race with endurance. Persevering to the very end. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith. May they gladly live a life of true surrender which will make them truly effective in the kingdom of God. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the word that shocks us out of any kind of poison of complacency, Lord, that the devil brings on so many believers. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us these contrasts, Lord, and what Satan promised to people 
who are supposed to have received the birthright, they're on the path, but they got deceived and they forfeited everything. Thank you, Lord, for giving us motivation, Lord, from your love and the other side, which is full inheritance and being in that perfect presence of God continually. Thank you for showing us, Lord, that the Spirit may be willing, but doesn't mean it's strong until the person comes into the presence of God to strengthen the Spirit through prayer, watching and praying. Then the Spirit can dominate the flesh so that the eternal heavenly blessings will not disappear out of their grasp. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus, for your eternal truth. We thank you, Lord, that this evening, this Tuesday evening, and Father's Lord, Wednesday morning, the other side of the world, you've come once again and spoken to us, Lord. Keep us clear-headed. Keep our visions like an eagle's vision, Lord. To see far away, to have the accuracy of a marksman. Go after the enemy. Not to forfeit and to sell Jesus. To defeat, recover what he's stolen and to plunder him. To see more souls set free and come to Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the clear warnings, Lord, of dabbling in areas that we should not Knowing that, Lord, Lord, there's a point of no return that you clearly warn about, just like it was in the case of people like Esau and Judas. And even Adam and Eve. That particular paradise lost was never regained. That particular garden experience in the presence of God was forfeited. And the grief that came into your heart, Lord, to have to send the ones you held so dear and expected to be loyal to you. You had to set cherubims, Lord, a flaming sword to keep them out. Thank you, Lord, that in this day, Christianity, Lord, spoken to us everything we need to go for the gold. Every believer is given a, the position of a champion. As we prove ourselves disciplined to be disciples of Jesus, watching and praying, never aloof, never complacent. As we heard in the beginning, Lord, determining which voices are coming through, which feelings to try to derail us, even one degree. We will not give in. We will resist the devil as we submit to you, Lord, and he will have to flee every time. And you will strengthen us, Lord, to go after the enemy, damage the kingdom of darkness. Oh, thank you, Lord, that so many Christians are on the sidelines. But we are called, in this church especially, to be actively engaged. 
to gain victories and new territories in the kingdom of God, just like Abraham, the father of faith, whose children we are, if we have faith with works like Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. No one is insignificant. Every man, every woman, every child on this call, in this church, in this ministry is expected to finish and finish strong to receive all that God has for this life and the world to come. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Lord, may we have dreams of you. May we go to bed with the word of God, nothing else, not the news of this world or some activity, Lord, that we think will give us a sense of identity and fulfillment. May the last thing, Lord, before we retire at night, be a heart full of thanksgiving to you, to be still and know that you're God. Meditate upon the Lord upon our bed in the night watches. Have dreams from you, Lord. Visions. The first thing, Lord, when we get up, may we say, I love you, Jesus. And train ourselves, Lord, until that discipline has got us in that particular path for life. The Lord will truly have that preeminence in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.